1: Hey, everyone. Uh, we're going to start right on in here because we've got a lot of a uh, show, and I'm going to be tag teaming with Russ in the middle of it. But um, we're going to get going. Here we go. It's, uh, Is this
0: the WWE or something? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Tag team. <laughs>
1: <coughs> Why not? Why not? Hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday. Man, it's been a long week. It's Wednesday. Only Wednesday. December 19th, 2018.
0: I'm Michael Ajello and I'm still drinking Tang. <laughs> Uh, i'm peter
2: ca and i'll never touch tank oh man and i'm Eklund.
1: you're watching hockey buzzcast on hockeybuzz.com this is the podcast that comes every monday through friday to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world but today with less flyers um so we're going to start with um <laughs> everybody's happy uh, but we're going to start off with um some, some blues news well um, and,
0: and uh, sabers
1: news and sabers news but um so mike uh, fill us in on what's happening with the Berglund situation
0: Okay, Patrick Berglund was suspended indefinitely by the Sabres last weekend. Uh, Very little has come out regarding the reasons why, but he apparently missed a practice, missed the team plane going to, I think, Washington. Um, So there was something going on, but we really didn't know what. Now, he he does not have, uh, and I don't have these specific stats in front of me, but he does not have a ton of points this year. He had been with the Blues his entire career, and he started off the season uh, as either the second or third line center um, behind Jack Eichel and and Casey Middlestat. Although they were trying to limit Middlestat's exposure, being a 19 year old, um, but as the season has gone along, Berglund's role has been less and less. Um, and I don't cover the Sabres. I don't watch them as much as I do the Leafs, but from what I understand, he was basically being moved from center to the wing, and then he was on the fourth line, so his role was declining. The backstory here is he had a limited no trade that kicked in on July 1 of this year, Um, and the reporting out there, some people were reporting that his agent dropped the ball and did not submit the list of I think it was 10 teams that he could not be traded to. And on July 1, he was traded to the Buffalo Sabres. And this was the O'Reilly deal. And the reason the, the deal happened on July 1, even though it was probably agreed to before then, was because O'Reilly had a big signing bonus on his contract. I think, I think it was $9 million was what he was getting paid this year, and $8 million was the amount that the Sabres had to pay in signing bonus. So they paid the bonus, and then following July 1st, the trade happened. Um, I don't know whether Buffalo was not on the D or not on the uh, no-trade list. We've, nobody knows that, but based on his reaction, a quarter or a little over a quarter into the season, uh, Berglund was not happy with the fact that he was moved to Buffalo. Was not happy with his declining role with the Sabers, and him being placed on unconditional waivers this year means that he is walking away from the last three years. Of his contract. He's making 3.85 million. And I just said this on Twitter. This has to be good news for the Sabres in one respect. The big question out there regarding their team right now going forward is how can they afford to re-sign Jeff Skinner? Who's a ufa at the end of this year well there's a almost a four million dollar coupon for the next three years because you weren't expecting that to be opened up and now you can spend that money on jeff skinner i think this is good news for the sabers because they'll i think that money goes right into um right into jeff skinner skinner's jeans yeah
2: it it, should i mean this this is like winning a lottery ticket
1: yeah, you're right. I mean, the reason they took Berglund on was, you know, the contract issues, right? So that's why they they had to take money on with it, basically.
0: Well, he was the lo- he was the longest cap hit. He was the he had right. three more years. I think Sabotka had another year or two, and Tage Thompson was a prospect. So this was you know part of because remember O'Reilly's making seven and a half million against the cap, and they and the money balanced out between right. And, and, uh, and Berglund. now with, now the question is, where is he going? I mean, I haven't seen any kind of reporting on where his destination is because if he's walking away from this contract, um, then he's got to be going someplace, either the KHL or the SHL. I mean, maybe it was just the fact he didn't want to play in Buffalo and Mm. he was ready to, ready to go someplace else. And if he's unconditionally waived, The contract is terminated. I don't believe there's anything preventing him from being able to sign with another NHL team, but why would you do that? Why would you walk away from three years of guaranteed money?
2: This is weird because you, you walk away, like you would think somehow when you do the unconditional waivers, which is for the purpose of terminating a contract, it's almost like a lottery win for the team. Yes. Because they're not hooked on the salary, they get cap freedom. He can go sign someplace else, and <clears throat> but he's giving up. He may not make what he's making, but he's he's giving up. So it's sort of a weird thing. Like, should he be allowed to sign with another team? Well, the the gain is for Buffalo, but the risk is taken by the player. So ideally, should should the other teams care? No, because the, the, he's no. the player's giving up, so he could go sign with LA, and right. and, and and off you go. It's it, it's, it's a not held to a contract.
0: It's um, a high pr- it's a high price for happiness, though, Peter, because you're talking about the remaining amount. Let's say it's two million dollars this year, the, because it's, you're only a third of the way through mm-hmm. the season. So yeah. it's two and a half, say two and a half million dollars this year, and then almost twelve million for the next three years. You're yeah. talking about fourteen million. Dollars. Yeah, it's
2: yeah. it's a lot of money. It is yeah, money.
1: no, it is. There's something. I mean, the whole agent thing is really odd to me. Like the the, yeah. the agent not you know submitting the lists or and and that's
0: and that's, only, and that's only based on what's sort of being it, reported,
1: it, right? I mean, I, we got to dig right. more into that. And we will, but um, I'm sure the truth will come out on that. But this is, um, that's a very strange. thing. I haven't heard that before.
0: But this is, this is like, I mean, remember, this is like Shipachov last year with with Vegas, where um, you know he gets sent to the minors and then gets called up and then gets sent to the minors again, and then you know the long term contract that he signed because he was going back to the KHL got terminated. Yeah. And yeah, th- yeah it's similar. It's similar to that.
1: Except he's never. I mean, Shishov never established himself the, as an NHL player. Where sure. Berglund has. I mean, he's been right. in the NFL for a while.
0: Right, and then that's that is the difference. I mean, I mean, Berglund is a, Berglund is a third is a third line guy, and I think if if the, if 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 there is the possibility of him another NHL team wanting to sign him on a like a one year deal. I mean, just think of it though. You've given up that big chunk of money over the next three years and maybe the fact that you're playing for Buffalo and you didn't want to be here that was you know, you're you willing to take that risk but even if he signs with another NHL team he's not going to he's not going to recoup even what he was going to make for the rest of the year he probably gets signed for a minimum or a little above minimum salary for the remainder of the year pro-rated and that's you know that's not and I don't know what kind of money he can make going back to Sweden or going to the KHL but it's not going to be big money and then you're probably getting it in a brown paper bag instead of getting it to direct deposited in your checking account.
1: Yeah. 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 That's probably true too. I mean, yeah, there's so, I mean, there's so many different things about this. It feels kind of um oddly calculated right now by him. It, like like as if there's something legally going on that they might be setting up for, you know, like that there's 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 a this is a little it's a little too well, he just the, doesn't show up for a team flight. I mean, that never happens. I mean, you never see that. That that's like that's completely
0: absurd. I mean, this this has to be something that's been brewing for a while. But because all all, all I know is he's advising him to do what he's doing, though. I think. Yeah. Well, but but the Sabers have been very very mum in terms, of, like even their like their yeah. their uh, their tweet that came out earlier essentially said, you know, he's been the contract has been terminated and they will have no further information regarding. The, the the so they're you know they don't even yeah. want to be asked what's going on here so yeah. i i i don't know what that means but it's not exactly good pr for the sabers even though they're successful right now even though they're in a playoff spot right playoff spot right now to have a player who was traded there Say I don't want to play in Buffalo. I want to. I would rather give up twelve million bucks and leave than play for the Sabers. That's not. That that may be the why the reason why they're so mum, and I can understand that. But you know, inquiring minds want to know what's going on it's
1: here. It's strange because a lot most people love to play in Buffalo. I mean, it, it, that's a, that would be a very weird thing. I mean, I've, there are many many players who end up living yeah. in the area. I mean, they move there after they after they play there. It's a very popular city to play in. No one has an issue with it. It's um. It's virtually, it, it, you know, a lot of players just say it's, it's a Canadian city that's not in Canada. You know, they say they, they really feel like it's, you know, it's a great place to play hockey. But
0: um, yeah, here, here, here's the here's the official Sabres forward. Patrick Berglund has been placed on unconditional waivers with the intent of terminating his contract. There will be no further information or comment at this time.
1: Okay, so there's something legally going on, you know, that, that, that with, with the no comment thing and all that stuff and everyone being so coy. No one wants to say anything, you know. That's what it feels like to me. Like no one wants to.
0: Well, I mean, let's let's say let, let's come right out and say say it. Like if they're not happy with them, if they terminate the contract, I mean, a lot of teams out there, a lot of uh, general managers out there are going to be screaming cap circumvention because all of a sudden, you well, know,
1: not if he didn't it, show up. I mean, if he it, that that's it's not right. cap circumvention. If he gave him reason to do like if there's a legitimate reason to do this, I mean, if he doesn't sure. show up, you're allowed to do whatever you want.
2: You want to do whatever you want, and if he's unhappy and willing to walk away, that's what I mean. Like it really yeah. isn't cap convention because the player is taking part of the risk. It it's is not like that, finding a loophole. Yeah, you're it's right. not loophole loo here. This is this is why I think it's it's sort of one of those weird ones where you can't really fault him because you can't really look at it and say what what incentive would the player have to give up twelve point five million dollars on the, the rest of his contract right. to walk away to have, so that the Sabers. Are in a better position there's, maybe he is
1: setting up to like sue his agent or something like that like yeah. that, that, i think well, carry along those lines i think it feels like there's something because if he if he if he loses all this money and is you know basically is, is cut from the team and all that stuff i guess you can go back and you know go to the agent and say this is what happened and this is why it happened and
0: you know and we and we know we know the circumstances behind this the, the situation i'm going to bring up here but again in a way it's similar to the Mike Richards situation because Mike Richards didn't want to vacate that contract. The Kings wanted to get out of it, and mm-hmm. they used the the situation that he was in regarding the pain medication and him yeah. being stopped at the Canadian border. I believe that that's what it was.
1: they had it out. Um, but they, out, but this is this is weirder because of the whole this whole like his the list of teams weren't submitted on on the first of, uh, of last year that, that of July first. That that's where this thing kind of goes off the rails from everything else we've seen. This right. is more along the lines of you know um, someone like you know screwing up a fax or, or something like that that's just something that happened. It happens and once that, a lot. And a lot that,
0: and is hap- that has happened before.
1: It's happened, yeah, it's happened. But you know, I don't know. You know th- that we'll see. Um, let's move on to some teams before I have to go here. Um, okay. So um, today is the trade freeze, and tonight at midnight is the um, is the actual deadline on this thing. And uh, we had thought it would be five. It, it's five p.m. It is actually indeed midnight.
0: Yeah, it's eleven fifty nine PM.
1: It's eleven fifty nine PM, right? Um, you know, and then all then all players will know. They'll have the gift, like I like I said in my blog, the gift of knowing where they'll be for the next week. Um, yeah, the NHL gave them that for Christmas. Um, it's part of the CBA. It's it's in there. You can't get around it.
0: Although um, if Brian Burke was general manager uh, someplace, the 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 deadline would, or the uh, the freeze would already be in effect.
1: Yeah, Burke used to believe like yeah. it, it, like it should be a week earlier. So he would do all of his things before that. Um, you know, players appreciate that. Players obviously hate trade rumors. You know, they're they're circulating like crazy now in many different cities. Um, the teams – there are a couple teams I've been looking at today. And, and you know, when I go at 115, I'll be making more calls. I have a meeting with one of these teams at 130. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is the Pittsburgh Penguins for a second. Now, the Penguins are a team that – when I talk to people right now, people who don't even usually tell me things, people who are very quiet about stuff and are very – you know, hesitant to ever say anything, say, well, there's no question that the Penguins are trying to do something. That, that It's it's the weirdest thing. Like, you'll hear it constantly now um, from different teams, teams in their division, teams not in their division, teams out West. Um, you know, Rutherford obviously has, has always been a great trader. You know, as we know, he makes great trades. Last year he made, I think, three trades on the trade deadline freeze day. Um, but, but they were all really small. They were, they were minor, minor league, AHL-type deals that he made. No, it doesn't mean any yet today, um, but he has been been hunting around, and a couple names that keep coming up for him. Um, one's Michael Ferlin, you know, out of Carolina, um, who I think is a pretty interesting pickup for the Penguins if they could grab him. I mean, that, that does give them another another. It's
0: a, pure, shot. it's a pure rental, but he's a big he's a big winger who's having some success with Carolina. But
1: right, and imagine he could be a good he could be a good playoff performer for them. You know that they have to be looking. The other guy and this one really kind of surprised me because he's playing very well for Anaheim is Brandon Montour. Um,
0: and yeah, we're, we're talking a complete, I mean, okay. We're talking completely different arena here because, Oh yeah. Yeah. But I'd be curious to see who would be going back in a potential Montour. I mean, it would have to be like a Jake Gensel or somebody like that because How about
1: Phil Kessel, let's throw Phil Kessel's name out there because I, You know me; I've always been one who like hates Phil Kessel rumors because I I think they're thrown out there just for fun by a lot of people. Um, But this is the first year where I have really heard a lot about him actually possibly moving somewhere. You know, Um, so and I've heard Anaheim is being a a team that's that's very interested in him too. So
0: you're talking about you're talking about a team that is coached by his one of his former coaches in Randy Carlisle and a team that needs offense, but the difference in age and this is this is let's just say this Anaheim is deep on defense but they're not that deep because they've given up Vatan to New Jersey last year they lost Shea Theodore to Vegas um at a certain point their the depth of their of their blue line is going to evaporate or it's going to get to the point where you just can't give up a guy like Montour who's one of their top four defensemen um yeah. I I mean, it, let's just say it, this: if it was that, it would have to be bigger than just the one for one. It would have to be two or three for two or something like that. But um, but that, from what I've heard, just from having my ear to everybody out there who I I, I read out every rumor and everything out there. Pittsburgh and Rutherford are definitely looking for defensemen. So Montour would fit, but there's yeah. a lot of other defensemen out there. I mean, I could see them go yeah. for some of these rental guys like Alex Edler from Vancouver or yeah. Easter or whoever. I mean,
1: that's- more trade deadline guys, you know? Yeah.
2: I, right. I mean, I think there'll be some suitors for Edler. Edler is a no trade clause. Yeah. Uh, right. But, and Benning has said he won't ask anyone to move it. But you know what? This may be Edler's last chance to get on with someone who could go yeah. for the cup. So we'll see, right?
1: Right. Yeah, um, the next team would be St. Louis. Um, we've all talked about St. Louis a lot. Um, the more I talk to people about Peter Angelo, the, the I just have to say the more I don't buy it um, that he's moving at all. Like it, it's just, and I'm not one. You know, I don't like to be the negative. You know, I'm the last guy who wants to squash all trade rumors. But right. this, this is. Um, I I feel as if there, this may have been mentioned somehow in the Nylander talks when Nylander wasn't signed yet. That's what and, that's what Elliot Friedman said, right? Which and Elliot's always dead on so i'm sure it was but that doesn't mean from talking to people that 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 peter angelo is still available that was a very specific instance of a of a discussion going on for a specific player so i don't well, think that i don't think peter angelo is 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 one of those guys that's being shopped around like i don't get no that.
0: no 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 and and and, the, and you're, you're right and nobody is nobody's saying he's being shopped around but they're saying that people are asking he's and
1: available. i mean I don't, I don't know that he's necessarily available
0: well, I, but I mean, obviously, a team that would be interested in trading for him is going to have to make it worth St. Louis's while, and he is a number one defenseman yeah. who's out right now after having hand surgery. But th- this this is the thing: where is St. Louis going? I mean, it, it, I know that Russ and I were talking about this, and he said, "Well, they're not in cap cap jail, but they're clearly looking to shake up their core. If that means trading Tarasenko, who's locked up at a very reasonable seven and a half." And he's a guy who's a big goal scorer, and it's tough to get goal scorers. Fine, if you're talking about Peter Angelo, who's got another year left in his contract, he'll be 29 when the contract ends uh, expires, which is a perilous time for a defenseman. And you're thinking he's going to be looking for probably eight, eight and a half million on a new deal. Yeah. If you want to pay that, you can. And if you if you think he's going to fade in the middle of that deal, you may just simply want to say, "Okay, well, let's get what we can for him now and then either we resign him or we just invest it in somebody else." But I I don't think it's outlandish. I think Pareco makes more sense for yeah. teams interested in defensemen and for St. Louis if they think there's some sort of, you know, they 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 think they're paying too much for him, but i don't think anybody is nailed down with the blues i think that you know it's a it's a it's a not a fire sale but it's you know there's gonna be some bartering but this is a sale
1: oh there's teams there's players available for sure
2: oh yeah i mean i wouldn't you know what i wouldn't be surprised if a tarasenko is moved simply for the fact that they don't have they have options but he's the one that it will give you the biggest reset moment. Yeah. And, you know, you know, there's a little smoke around him right now in terms of not that he might get moved, um, but that there's maybe something not totally copacetic going on within the group as a whole.
0: And, and he is a no trade kicking in on July 1.
2: Yeah. So if you're going to do it, yeah you're gonna do it soonish, right? Like, meaning right. between now and July one, the next six months. Yeah, you got between now and the deadline, basically. And um, it doesn't, it, and it doesn't it, or I mean- Or the draft. Maybe it is a deadline or the draft or something like that. But if you're going to shake things up, I mean, you know, you can, pro- you, you, you know, you're not gonna draft a Tarasenko next year. You're not gonna just, they're not, you don't pull them out of thin air. But you can find ways to increase your production by getting rid of someone, because you know the, the addition, you know sub, addition by subtraction, because it changes the yeah. entire dynamic of how you have to play. Well, and if your thing is just to feed Tarasenko and hope he scores his forty goals a year, yeah, right. become a pretty easy team to defend against.
0: The thing, the Great. thing, and the, the thing in X favor in terms of Angelo and him not being shopped is the fact that if they're trading guys like Tarasenko. The strength of the Blues organization in terms of depth is forwards. So you have Thomas, you have Kairu, you have Klimkowski, yeah, yeah, you that. have a lot of a lot of good young forward prospects, yeah. not not as much on deep. But I think that the situation in terms of Pierangelo and his contract situation, we do, there's no way to know. You know, I'm sure they've had preliminary talks, even though they can't uh, can't sign him to an extension before July 1st. But if they find out that he's going to be asking for a lot, or if he doesn't want to go through a rebuild those are factors and you know and you're never going to find that out until he gets traded because yeah. Doug Armstrong is going to keep his cards close to his vest when it comes to Peter Angelo or Pareco because those cards are you know what he could hit a grand slam home run with if they try to make a deal i mean defense the, the good defensemen are such a rare commodity in the on the trade market that anybody who trades for one is going to get a boatload in return
1: yeah. yeah. And we're being we were joined by Russ Cohen. Hey Russ.
3: Hey
0: guys. Hey
1: Russ. Um, I want to move on to LA for a second. Um, it's another yeah. team. And uh yeah, a bit of a tire fire there. They a good big win last night against the Jets. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of came out of nowhere.
2: I mean, Drew Dowdy was basically playing goalie when John. Yeah, he wasn't. He obviously he was two goals
1: yesterday when we talked yeah. about him being traded and all you know, this stuff because he just picked up completely. It's amazing how yeah. often that happens. Um, but he had, a, he, had a, he had a game of his life, scoring goals, stopping goals, just small. yeah, He was an amazing factor in that game. Um it was funny it to interview after the game and say that he actually wanted to be a goalie, but his parents couldn't afford the equipment when he was younger. Oh that, wow. That's what he wanted to do. Um so he ended up just being a, a defenseman, but then playing goalie in soccer because he's just goalie is what he loves to do. Um so so last night he saw it actually a couple times. Um uh, but let's let's we talked about Dowdy yesterday. Let's go to some more likely guys. Um muzzin is the, of course the name is out there very polarizing figure um muzzin um you know and i i have my opinion on him i am not you know i'm i'm on the more anti muzzin train um just because i just i just to me he's Braden coburn like that's what i see him as and i see him as like you know what I, and i'm brayden coburn had some good years i mean are we getting back to that What, what is so wrong with that there's nothing wrong with brayden coburn but the thing the thing about brayden coburn and you know, a great guy but, and still playing, you know, in the NHL and still, you know, but, but Goburn was like, had moments of greatness and then would always overthink things and would ma- end up making plays, you know, that he shouldn't make because he was just, and I remember talking to Coburn about this in Philadelphia. He's like, yeah, because we did, we did a really, on the show I had on on Comcast it was called Flyer Buzz TV, we had this segment where um Bill Clement and I would break down, um, we would, we would, they would focus on a player for an entire game. We'd film the player for the entire game and then break down everything about that. And, and you'll go through it. And one of those guys was Coburn. We sat there with him and we talked to him. And, um, I remember Clement kept going to different situations saying, what were you thinking here? And and Coburn's like, yeah, the problem was I was thinking there. He's like, I, I, really, I'm a player who plays better when I'm not thinking. Um, he says, I, when I think I tend to make, and we really, it was amazing how many instances in this video session came up. Um, and, You know, then once you knew that, once I knew that part of him, every time I see him, I can't help but not see that part of his game. Like, I can't help but not see like he's okay to be
3: an instinctual player. I mean,
1: he knows he should be an instinctual player, but the problem is he doesn't. He doesn't. He does. He he gets away from it all the time. He 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 puts stuff into his head, and you know the coaches say, you know, we need to do this where we want to get the puck deep. We want to do this, all those things, and that over overruns his instincts, and he ends up. But there's nothing no man's land. And nothing, off, he, he, I don't think there's many defensemen who pull people off sides more than he does. He's a typical guy who will hold up a little bit too long before making the pass at the blue line and, and summon you know off, in offsides, that kind of thing.
0: But the but the pejorative against Muzzin is that he's a he's a product of playing with dowdy.
1: Right, and I don't and I think,
0: the, that's I
1: think that's entirely true. I don't
0: think no, I don't think I don't think it's true. I mean, the thing is, that you're not saying he's Matt Carl, which is basically being a yeah. somebody who was a creation of of, of, being, of playing with Chris Pronger and looking like he was better than he actually was. I think Muzzin's a decent defenseman, but the the thing is, is that. Um, you know, he's not going to play with Dowdy wherever he goes and that's going to mitigate what his value is. Now, I mean, I've heard people mention Muzzin and Martinez in connection with Pittsburgh because of the, the need, their need for, for defense. Yeah, I
1: looked into Martinez and I just want to say before I go that Martinez really has almost no trade value. Um, like, oh, I, I come on! Move a defenseman who could score a bit. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm just basing on. I talk to a lot of people. That's all I'm just saying. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I feel that way. I don't watch Martinez enough to know.
0: Well, I th- okay, and I, and I th- what I think that could be is yeah, I'm not disputing that you've been told that, but I think that's being put out there to lower LA's ask or lower their value, yeah. lower the value of the player because he is. You know he is a valuable defenseman. He's a top four defenseman. He's not.
1: He tells me that he's lost steps and he's getting slower by the minute. And that's that's what people that's what people keep saying. So it's like you know if he doesn't have speed, he is a puck moving defenseman. That is his game. If he's losing his speed, then it's a downhill battle pretty quickly. I don't mean to be you know negative, Nelly. No, no, you're you're only saying what you've been told. Saying what I've been heard, what I've been told. The other player to talk about on in LA is Jeff Carter, and Jeff Carter is. uh, We talked about this last night with Russ in the in the press box for a while. He just oh, um, we can't air, yeah. Things that we can't say. <laughs> but, but Jeff Carter has um, no desire to leave LA. Um, you know, I still have people who are very. I still know people who are very connected to him from his time in Philly. People t- and I, I know LA Freeman brought this up actually. Somebody, somebody told me this because I said and I said to you last night. But Russ, like, why don't people bring this up? I guess LA Freeman actually did bring it up. How horrible the situation was when he went to Columbus, oh, which, yeah. which was beyond terrible, and he was not just. Unhappy there, but like so played unbelievably bad on purpose to get out of there. It was right. the it was one of the weirdest situations I've ever seen. Which and I'll ne- <laughs> I've said it before, and I'll never. F- yeah. I'm still so pissed off at Pierre Lebron, um, for this moment. Um, but uh, so this was the Stanley Cup final. Um, and I love Pierre, but the Stanley Cup final press conference in, in that same year that Carter was had gone from Philly to Columbus to L.A. He's in the Stanley Cup. Um, right. he scores the goal in over in Game One of the overtime. To, to give the LA Kings the lead. Um, and Pierre LeBron in front of me says to Carter, asked to Carter in the press conference, sitting right in front of me, this must be very satisfying for you, Jeff, after all that you've been through this year. And I just thought to myself, <laughs> all he's been through is he gets himself thrown out of Philly for being a bad, bad seed, goes to Columbus, completely screws up there and makes the, forces them to trade him for way less value than they gave up to get him. And then he ends up all he had gone through like you know what i mean it's like to me that i don't know but jeff carter has well, and that's that's old history jeff carter has actually shaped up his life quite a bit um well, and but- not quite as 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 outrageous as he was back then but still i'm told will not leave so that that only leaves anaheim right
0: Which whoa, 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 is like- whoa, whoa, whoa. let me just let me just say this what friedman said because I, I listened to okay. it was that if a team is interested, and he, I think he mentioned Boston as a team that was possibly interested, because Boston is looking for a, a help up the middle. Montreal that, tried to get him. But. Well, that that whatever team it is, they better talk to him, or better get permission from the Kings to talk to him before they make the deal, for the very reason that you just mentioned, because yeah. he could be a detrimental effect to that team if they trade him, and and, and you know basically like he won't play for that team unless. No. It, <laughs>
3: It seems it's- like Boston is interested in everything but making good pizza. Like every, yeah. trade, every yeah. trade
1: we hear about, Boston, oh, yeah. Boston. I mean, you know what that is because this this group, this group in Boston, they do love to make trades. Um, but yeah, so Jeff Carter is is not going, and, and my from what I've been told, not going anywhere. It's unless unless somehow he goes to Anaheim, in which case he wouldn't have to move. But which that, but you can't see LA helping out Anaheim. Oh. in any way shape or form or the verse or, or whatever anaheim would want to have to give to la to help them out i can't see those teams getting together to make a deal fortunately there's enough hatred there that i that, that, that I, lo- I love i love one that exists you know because i hate when it doesn't so unfortunately those teams won't be making a trade anytime anytime soon um,
3: i think honestly though i do think the kings can definitely trade muzzin and get fair value <clears throat> Excuse me i think martinez is a bit more of a specialist so i think you're right as far as not having as much value yeah and- The Kings are still down below, and I mean below Cal Clegg, like guys that are playing overseas, guys that are playing in Penn State. They are still loaded with defensive talent. So it won't be long until they can restock the cover.
0: And you didn't mention this guy, uh, Act, but the interesting thing – would be if all of a sudden they tried to trade Dion Fanof. I, I don't know what the record is for most retained salary for most. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to get
1: paid by half the league soon.
0: Right. But it's, for for them to trade Dion Fanof, they would probably have to retain salary. Uh, remember his contract was 7 million when he was traded from Toronto to Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa is retaining a million seven five of that. If, if, the uh if the Kings retain money on, I think they probably could move him, and he's got another two years left in the contract. But I mean, it's getting to the point now where like oh, man,
1: Mike, I just got a text from somebody. Sorry, is they heard you say this? Um, is I mean, is your go ahead? Is your team is your team looking for a boost of morale and with good character players? Then Jeff Carter and Dion Phaneuf are the answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's for an that NHL person. Yeah,
0: yeah and if well, they don't they work, bring in Avenger they
1: legendary. <laughs> Sorry, let's just say it like that. Well, let's just say
0: this. Dion Phaneuf will never waive his no-move clause if he ha- still has it. According to Cap Friendly, he does. If he if he still has a no-move clause, he will never waive it to leave L.A. for one simple reason. His wife is an actress. There, are, there have been rumors about him going to L.A. Now that he's there, you think he's going to waive it? Not a chance.
1: Girl Next Door is an amazing movie. Let's just throw it that out there. It's a good movie. But actually,
3: so Dion Phaneuf is actually in a on a DVD in something called the NHL, just like me, the legends. I don't no. <laughs> it was made in 2007, so clearly uh that's been proven to be false.
1: Sure, and, oh my god! But I, here's I, who's I, in this. I, sure he shouldn't be it himself.
3: No, <laughs> but here's who's in this: Scott Stevens, <laughs> Peter Forsberg, Pavel Bure, Mark Messier, Dion Phaneuf. Evgeny Malkin, Alexander Ovechkin, Ryan Getzlaf. So, which one doesn't okay. belong? Which one, is, that's
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> which, which one is the square peg in the round hole here? Excuse yeah. me. We're talking about a player who once
1: told two guys who were taking him out to dinner. You guys know the story, but I'll tell it again. He, the two guys were taking Diamf out to dinner to talk to him about treating the trainers nicer. You know, yeah. because he's like, you got to treat the trainers nicer around here, and Diam. And this player standing up and saying, "When you're an all-star, you talk to me." And he laughed. Okay, this is what we're t- <laughs> this is, this is what we're dealing with. You can pick up this DVD now for six
3: bucks. It was a, what's, the, what's the name of it again, Russ? It's from the NHL. It's called "Just Like Me: The
0: Legends, the Next Gen." Okay, so this is right after Dion scored twenty-one goals, I think it was. As a, you oh know, yeah, he was an Oris
2: he's an Norris Trophy candidate. Because
0: everybody and thought, he was the next Scott Stevens at that point. You know, the next big. I thing. guess Scott Stevens might be talking about it on that.
1: But sometimes you know you don't you think you don't know what you're talking about. I know a lot of you out there I'm not watching, but you know, reading or whatever, don't think I know what I'm talking about anyway. But <laughs> I really I, I want to sit back and I say that you know when Dion Phaneuf was made captain by Brian Burke, I could not understand what the hell was happening. Okay. That was just completely, that was a moment and it was, but it turned out to be typically Burke reclamation idea that you give somebody who you, it's like you give the worst kid in the class, the most responsibility and see what happens. Right. So
0: that anyway. team was so bad that he was the only logical choice, but they did it too. <laughs> that point. is when you're, when you're, yeah, you I, got I got don't to want to talk about, I, don't to talk about it. I want to put that, that team in the, in the, in the uh, scrap heap yeah. of history. Um
1: sure if enough going to kill me when he sees me, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Anyway, let's move on to one more team before I go, and that would Chicago. be the Flyers. Oh. Because I wanted to get uh, – so uh, the Flyers
3: – Is there anything worth talking about with the Flyers? We're We're the Flyers no, no. We're
1: no. no. We're talking about teams that I'm, I'm These exactly are they get
3: talked about every moment now.
1: I know. I'm talking about them less today, but um, they, goalies is their number one concern. Um, Obviously, they're looking to get a goalie. There was a lot of interesting things that flew hey, –
0: Wait a second. Everything is right. Everything is beautiful now. Carter Hart <laughs> is on the scene.
1: No oh, one's going to be the goalie for the rest of the year. Um, <laughs> had a good, good game last night, but, you know, against a, against a really bad Red Wings team. OK, it does uh,
3: show how great Jimmy Howard was. Remember when?
1: Oh, God. Yeah. I
3: told us that Kevin said a couple weeks ago, like I said, hey, Jimmy Howard's having a good season. And he doubled down on that. And I know we all probably thought, all right, he gets to see him more. Now we sort of understand after last night. But Howard,
1: when Howard leaves after the and isn't on the bench after warmups. Of course, that's all sort of, of speculation just flying through the arena. Yeah, you know, like you know, the Flyers traded for Jimmy Howard or what have you. Um, well,
0: Craig Craig Custons said uh, this morning that if Jimmy Howard was on the Tampa Bay Lightning, he'd be a candidate for the Vesna.
1: Oh, yeah oh yeah, no he's he's played that well. He has played that well because his defense is so soft. I mean, I've never seen a defense like let people walk through their own, walk through the neutral zone, walk through their own zone, it's the spear goal, you gotta watch it. It's like a shitty yeah, game. you do I mean that that yeah that, you literally have five guys around him that could have with the slightest effort averted that goal, yeah, um, but just didn't um they are so on oh, Philadelphia, okay, um, they're not gonna trade for Jeff Carter by the way, the flyers um shocking, yeah. Simmons could be on the move um, today. It's possible. I mean, it's possible that he's been on the move. I'm going to see in any second. Uh, um, uh, Jonathan Quick, Craig Anderson, even possibly I heard this morning Jake Allen, um, which I was, you know, I'm told. I mean, but again, you would hear Jake
3: Allen because the idea is he is still an upgrade. And for right. as long as Dillabaugh is there,
1: if he thinks he could do
3: something with him to upgrade his game, Right. Why not give it a shot?
1: Well, the thought is the flyers, the flyers. Fletcher's thought what I that I was told was if we can get Jake Allen, along with Pareko, like you know, like we'll we'll take Jake Allen off your hands. Like no one else will, but you will also give you know because we can use him. He's an upgrade, like you said. But we want Pareko. Like there's a the flyers are thinking in terms yeah,
0: and, of that. and Doug Armstrong, Doug Armstrong says sure, just give me Shane Goss the Spear or even Ivan Proforoth, then we we'll, right. we got a deal. Right,
1: and that's
3: well, you know, Gossespear would definitely be in the deal, and then it would be probably like the Spear and Frost or Radcliffe and a pick. I'm sure that's what it would be.
1: Yeah. I, Frost is the guy they don't want to move. They will not move, I've told, but, you know, who knows? Well, they're they saying that right now. but well, Anything's possible. Anything's possible. They really – they see him as like a Patrice Bergeron character. I mean, I, I, the way they're talking about him is like, glowing in terms of a two-way player and all sorts of things. Um. So that's it. You know, the Canadians, okay, real quick, the Canadians, um, the other team I'm looking at, um, like I said, they did they did make a call about Jeff Carter. I can't see that working. Um, they also talked to Pittsburgh about Derek Broussard, um, I was told. I can see
0: that, actually. That makes sense. But I could see that, but the thing is it sort of goes counter to what we're talking about earlier where if they're adding a defenseman, Pittsburgh thinks they can patch things up, make a second-half run, and do what they did a couple years ago and get yeah. back into the Stanley Cup race. You we know, with met with Matt Murray sort of straightening himself out. If you trade Broussard, you really don't have a number three center, which has always been a key for them after Crosby and Malkin. So you're sort of taking from Peter to pay Paul, and I, I don't know if that works.
1: Yeah, and someone said to me, you know, that they heard, they heard in this. I don't know how this is possible, at all. That, that Pittsburgh has considered, um, trying to grab Shea Weber out of Montreal, which is like I don't know how that's possible contractually or anything like that. But it was an interesting thought, you know. Like, if the I'll, I'll
0: I'll tell you how it's possible. Chris Letang goes the other way. Yeah, they're not doing that right now. They're not doing
1: that. But you know, the Penguins are. Are going to be you know like I, like I said I started this whole thing off by saying the Penguins are the most interesting team to watch right now trade wise and they are you know so we have to keep an eye on them they they're all these other teams that are trying to make moves are all talking to the Penguins
3: yeah and I still think the Penguins are starting to trend up now so if they make one more move they will definitely be trending up I have to go all but right we'll,
0: we'll continue, we continue. Again.
1: thank you Russ thanks thanks Peter thanks, thanks guys you. and uh, check out you know hockey buzz hockey buzz throughout the day we may have a special announcement for our Patreon people later today so okay.
3: I do have some breaking news. Go ahead, Rob. It has Uh-oh. nothing to do with the NHL, but it's, it's an important thing. So I got an email from the Hockey Hall of Fame, and today um, there's a band that includes 53 to 54 to 64 to 65 of all the Stanley Cup winners oh, yeah. is getting retired. So here's who that includes. Okay. So Andy Bathgate, Butch Bouchard, Alex Delvecchio, Bernie on, you know, boom, boom, uh, Glenn Hall, Doug Harvey, Gordie Howe, Bobby Hull. Tom Johnson, Ted Lindsay, Stan Mikita, Dickie Moore, Burt Olmstead, Pierre Peladeau, Jacques Plante, and Maurice the Rocket Richard.
0: Yeah, and the, the, these are guys who like didn't win a cup after '64, '65. So their 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 name is not on the cup any longer. I mean, and it also includes the I think it was five in a row Montreal Canadiens from '56 to '60, and this and the '62 to '64 Maple Leafs. So. You know, the only the only Leaf team on the cup right now is the 67 team. So you know, Someday that'll be gone. Someday, right? someday that'll, that'll be gone, <laughs> and, and and for Leaf fans, hopefully that means 2018, 19, or 20 will be on there to keep it keep it on there for another 50 years. Don't worry. Pete Stemkowski will be out there showing the ring.
3: It'll still be proof of, of
0: yeah. Is he drinking champagne with Nick Bonacani and, and,
3: and Bob Greasy? I've never asked Pete about it. He showed me the ring. I should ask him next time I see him.
0: Yeah, um okay, a couple of things we'll just continuing on what Eck was talking about in terms of teams and what they would trade and we'll take some questions in the chat uh at the end of the show which will be we'll do another 10 or 15 minutes. Um Chicago I mean obviously we know Caves and the Taves and Kane are not getting traded. Corey Crawford is probably not getting traded because of the concussion problems. It's it's questionable now whether, you know, whether his career is in danger because it's like what, the third or fourth concussion he's had, Russ? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something gotcha. like that. It's at least three. The interesting names out there, and it, there hasn't been rumors attached to them. But we're looking at what Chicago is right now, which is a team sort of in transition. We'll take for take it for granted that they don't want to go through a free a through uh, a full rebuild, um, right. because they have Taves and Kane as cornerstone players, and they want to quickly reset and rebuild around those guys or or retool around those guys. But the guy, the, the players that you would think that Stan Bowman might be looking to move would be the sort of the middle of the road guys: Anisimov, Saad, maybe Duncan Keith if they could find a taker, and Brent Seabrook. I, I I'll I'll just look at. I'll, I'll just ex, uh, express my opinion on those four. I think you could trade Sod very easily. I think you'd still get something for him, even though he's not living up to the contract that he's playing on under right now. He's making six million bucks. Anisimov. Everybody needs center, so I think you could get him. The other thing, he oh, he's he's an off injured player, so I, I would be concerned about that. But center depth is is tough in this league, so I think you could find somebody who would be interested. I don't think, Peter. I don't think anybody in their right mind is taking Brent Seabrook, even if they retain salary. It's Close to seven million dollars for I think another five years. The guy that's intriguing and it's got the guy who's been talked about over the last couple days in Toronto, and I want to get your outside perspective here is Keith, who's got that long-term cap recapture deal. I think he's got Mm -hmm. another four years at five point two, something like that. And Ray Ferraro came on Toronto radio yesterday and said Keith is still he you know he's not the player he was three years ago, but he's still. At 35, can still play 20, 25 minutes a night. He can still skate. Um, He probably would be a great fit in Toronto, um, and it probably wouldn't cost him a ton because Chicago. You'd be doing
2: them a massive favor.
0: Right, but the the problem is, is two or three years down the road. He what he said was he would turn into Ron Hainsey, which means. Well, that's
2: it. I was just about to say you're basically delaying a delay you're just you're recycling ron hainsey again and you're just going to have the same issue in three years
0: but the window but the window is two or three years of having a guy who's a top four. you could
2: find a way to get chicago to hold on to like a million a million five of that contract Mm -hmm. and and take them then you know and 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 then all of a sudden he develops like a, a blood clot disease, and and and, and he's no, oh, I he can't play anymore.
0: No, the rash. And, it's 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 the equipment. It's a rash. It shows Gilbert Z.
2: Clot. Or it's oh a. It's a this. It's it's whatever McGilney had. It's it's you know it, it's it, you, you know what I'm saying. And, and and oh, it's 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 awful. We've got the top experts at six hospitals working on it. Poor Duncan Keith. Like, I mean, that's what'll happen. He caught and, it
0: from Mary. He, he borrowed Marion Hose's elbow pads, and he yeah, caught the same. It's a, a deadly
2: staph infection. The <laughs> hygiene in Toronto isn't good for guys over thirty-eight. Wait a second.
0: I, Toronto's hey, a very clean city. Come on,
2: uh, Hogtown. <laughs>
0: but Russ i mean strictly, strictly strictly in terms of on the ice Now, i haven't i I've, I've watched keith maybe two games this year
2: right. so i haven't
0: seen i don't like four or five. five yeah and and the thing is he's obviously not the horse that he was you got to remember this is a guy who in the last uh, the last Hawks Stanley Cup played 30 plus minutes on most nights. They had three defensemen and they were playing them like crazy. See Brookie Armelson and him. Um, it was, it was inc- It was an incredible, perf- incredible performance. And he probably, if he didn't, I don't know if he didn't win the con smite that year. I think, I think, uh, I think Taves won it. Um, but I mean, the question is, is there anything left and how long could it be left? Is it I, mean, worth- I don't
3: think there's a lot left. I mean, he has gone from 10 goals to 9 to 6 to 2 to 0. He has gone from 55 assists to 35 to 34 to 47 to 30, and he's got 16 at the moment. I watched him play live once this year, and he was slower. He um, he tired, I thought, more easily at the end of shifts. I thought his defense was a little more suspect than it had been in the past. Uh Look, he's a zero right now, so he might argue with you on that, but I'm just telling you what I saw. I uh, He's still great on the power play. There's still things he can do on the ice. He's still going to end up with 30 points. Mm-hmm. But this is not the same Duncan Keith, and so if you're grabbing that salary, you better be getting like a first-round pick with that guy, and it better be worth your while because otherwise there's no reason to make
0: this trade. Are you saying Toronto sends a first round pick to Chicago or are you saying to whoever
3: acquires Duncan Keith is going to need to get a first round pick from Chicago?
0: Oh, okay. Well, well, it's either that or they retain salary and they give up next to nothing. Nobody's. I I mean, how many more years does he have? I think it's four more they're after this retaining year. Salary like that, nobody. You I mean Chicago would not retain salary? Just I don't, think, I don't
3: think they have any with the cap problems they have. I don't think they have any interest. Have they really retained any
0: kind of? Let me look and see what they've retained in the past. I'm looking right now. They they've not retained anything, so yeah, they don't. They're have, not going to do it. Yeah, now yeah, he's got four yeah. more years at five point five three million. Yeah, and he's thirty five years old. There's he's
3: definitely good, you could definitely get use out of Duncan Keith. Especially if he is not on the top pairing, right. but you have to be a team that has other good defensemen, can use them more in an offensive role, and that's it. Sort of like the Shattenkirk almost way of using them, and get you know be a, you know afford to give up something that really makes it worthwhile for. Chicago to feel like okay we could do this and sell it to the fans because that's the other hard part of this but
0: Peter you know the thing is knowing knowing Mike Babcock and we're, start, we're talking specifically about Toronto here but there are other teams out there who I'm sure would want would be tempted by adding somebody with the experience that Keith provides but I'm just using Toronto as an example you're knowing Babcock and his love for veteran guys especially a guy like Keith who played played under him in two Olympics Tom Sestito. PTO, not not and not the Leafs either, but not yet. Knowing 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 Babcock and his love of veteran players, even though it would be beneficial for them if they got Keith to not play him on the top pairing, I could see him putting him on the top pairing with Riley or playing him on the second pairing and playing him twenty plus minutes. I, I think I, you know that's that's he he believes in veterans and he instead of playing Travis Dermott more would play Duncan Keith more.
2: Right. So, what, what was your question there, Mike?
0: <laughs> my my question was my question was basically, you know, Russ is saying it's benefit would be beneficial if the Leafs traded for Keith and if they limited his ice time. But I'm saying Babcock probably wouldn't do that. I, I
2: think I don't think you need to limit his ice time because I think Dennis, Duncan Keith is a perfectly fine player from a stamina point of view and stuff. I think he can still play hockey. I think what you're doing is is you're managing his usage, and it's not about making sure he stays under 20 minutes a night. It's who you're rolling him out against and who you're pairing him with, and you solve that problem, and you're going to have Keith is just going to stabilize you. And the one thing, like Keith is not Duncan Keith from five years ago. Like no, you know, no one is, but you know, I'd, I've seen him recently in, in in three games with the Blackhawks. He's, he, he's got trouble against speed, but he's not positionally awful. And, you know, if you can put Keith with the right partner and in the right situations, well, you know, I think you can get value out of him. You don't even have, you're not looking to have junk and Keith put up points. You're looking for Duncan Keith to make sure that everything's stable in your own end and that there's less traffic going towards Freddie Anderson. That's what you want Duncan Keith for. I do. He's not going to start knocking guys down as they enter in, but he's going to be positionally sound. He's going to solidify air. He's going to be better than what you have. Yes. And if your window is two to three years, then it's not a bad play.
0: Yeah, it's all... It's it's all just. A-
2: it's a that, salary play.
0: That and it's all really in the hands of Keith and whether he wants to go someplace else and win another Stanley Cup or whether he just wants to stay in Chicago because he's going to make his money one way or the other. But you know, if he wants, to, if he wants another chance, because he's had, he's got three cups now. If he wants, I mean, he's already in the Hall of Fame in my eyes, right? So it's a question of whether he wants to win one more and 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 uproot his family and go go to another place. Or whether he wants to stay where, where he is, and he may want to stay where he is. And if that's the case, then they, you know, then I, then it's a it's a good thought. But maybe you know the the Leafs uh, and other teams who are looking for veteran defensemen. Will, Here, will here's like an update, update from the Bruins.
3: So Bergeron, Chara, and Kevin Miller are all practicing, but Chara is non-contact, and the only reason he's not in a red sweater is they don't have one big enough for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Bruins said. I take them on their word, man. Wow. Hey, well, uh, think about it. I mean, why would you have one that
0: big? Like, no. It's like a tent. Yeah. Uh, we'll, t- we'll take some questions in the chat here. Just one little note. Um, the Edmonton Oilers lost yesterday to St. Louis 4-1. to In the game, uh, forward Jujhar Kara and Vince Dunn of the Blues exchanged cross-checks. Yeah, and uh, Kara got a game misconduct for the cross check, and he's going to have a hearing with the NHL Department of Player Safety. I haven't seen this. I'll look at it after the after the. But all I know is this: based on find like nineteen hundred bucks. Who's that? I'm sorry. Dunn got fined. Okay, so it was. But the funny thing is, and I've heard some talk about about the Oilers uh, that Hitchcock is really asking his big players, his depth forwards, to be extra physical and that means Cassian that means Lucic and that means Kara and it, Russ it seems to be like 2010 thinking in 2018 and I you know that's after- what you get when you bring in a Hitchcock I mean you know that's that's part
3: and parcel so I'm not shocked at that I I mean right now I think he's slightly over 500 yeah he's come in I mean so you know for all we know, the hitch bump is over. Like we don't know yet.
0: Right. He went five, two, and one. Now they've slipped back a little bit. And I know in the last couple of days he was, he was, uh, chatterboxing about uh, the officials not uh, yeah. calling calling stuff on Connor McDavid. It's like or, or you know people taking liberties against McDavid. And I'm like, that that's that's an act of desperation. Where I you're know. like most of the, most of the uh,
3: officials that he could have any kind of leeway with or uh that would really care of retired like that's <laughs> i mean at this point like he has to just coach their way out of it and right now they're hanging on dallas is on their heels minnesota is on their heels it's real close right they're all even even vancouver amazingly is hanging in there it's early uh but still that's where they're at and they're still at a deficit they're eight nine and two away they're six, three, and one in their last 10. So there was definitely an improvement. Yeah. It's a long season still. They could well, still they could either rise to the top or drop out of it. They could. Well, I'll tell you something
0: right now. I mean, it's not even January 1st. And I think you can put on at least two hands the number of teams that I think definitely are sellers of the deadline. And we just talked about a few of them. But I think you can add New Jersey to that, to that list. Although right. I, I don't know who they're going to sell, but you know, maybe it might be Corey Schneider now. Well, I don't know. Kincaid got hurt yesterday. He he got bumped into by his own defenseman, and they took him out in the third period and put Mackenzie Blackwood in. So I don't know if it was Yeah, just... but that'll be, that won't be like the rest of the year. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, and it, you know, they've been riding Kincaid very heavily, and and Corey Schneider is unbelievably 0-15-3 in his last 18. Stars. I mean,
3: here's, I'm going to give you the line that Ralph Kiner once heard. They'll be in last place with Mackenzie Blackwood and Corey Schneider with them or without them.
0: Without them. All right. uh, Let's take some questions for us. uh, Check, check the chat. All right. Let me check the chat. As Mike said it. Check the chat. Yes. All right. Oh, by the way, Matt Harvey signed with the LA angels of Anaheim. 11 million bucks. That's like getting, that's like for
3: a one year deal for 11 million, considering what he could have been or was supposed to be. That's nothing,
0: man. And based on where he's going to be, living you know i mean i can just i can just see the, the uh, well, what, I half of that. 11. let's not go i, I can live on 11 i'm just saying in terms of him being a party guy like he was in new york i just imagine in la it's going to be even worse yeah
3: all right so esmere asks you know when we were talking about king's trades what about tyler to i don't think they're trading tyler to i there's too much upside there they traded pearson i think they looked at that and said if we broke up that line who would we trade Let's trade Pearson because Toffoli is still too much of a goal scorer to, to do it. Now, in a year or two, if the skating is more of an issue, maybe, but not right now.
0: Not He's $4.6 million this year and next year, and then he's a UFA. I could see them trading him in the summer or at the deadline if, they, if they're not going to re-sign him, if they think that they're just going to move on after that.
3: I mean, Fash out is a hater, and he misspelled flyers, he put, are there – filers tickets left and and i like fashion i like him i know but the fact that that he was being a hater and he spelled it wrong is on him so i do want to (laughs) point that out uh bk up says a trade between the blues and the flyers makes a lot of sense for both teams. lots of talent they need to shake up but i'm betting fletcher still wants to wait and evaluate okay so let's talk about the wait and evaluate okay midnight tonight is the is the christmas freeze yes Chuck Fletcher has not made any roster moves. He was brought in and, and there was immediate talk like, hey, what's going to happen? He goes, well, I don't think I'll be making a move tomorrow or the next day. But he did say, "I, you know, that he expects to and that's something that he planned on doing. But yet nothing has happened. And there wasn't one person that I couldn't find in the press box that could literally see a difference between Chuck Fletcher or the way Ron Hextall was. It's still the same. Well, you know, Obviously, there were other issues there, but as far as the not making a move part of this is still the same. There's still the same inaction. So is it fair of me to say that I think Fletcher is going to make a move in the next couple of days? No, I think based on what I've seen, I don't think he will. I'm not even sure he's going to be able to make a move by the end of the month. I just think this is one of those things now where They have a lot of different people in the decision making process. And I don't think they can make any quick
0: decisions. That's just my feeling. Peter, I I don't know about you, but I think that the firing of Hackstall, and now you know, even though it's probably probably only a a a week or so before he gets sent down, the call-up of Carter Hart, that sort of takes the heat off of Fletcher to do something immediately. And you know, I don't I don't think they're I don't think one way or the other they're going anywhere. They're not climbing back into this.
2: I think they could, but I think it's unlikely. Right. And you know, it's like the, I don't know why I have so much Philadelphia stuff on my Twitter feed, but ah. like last night was and into this morning, it was like the second coming of Patrick Waugh, like that's the level <laughs> Of jubilation Carter Hart got like, and yes, I give the kid a ton of credit. There is pressure on him because this is a, this is an avalanche. The snowball isn't just a snowball. It's like a giant, like avalanche building right now. Like, so he gets a ton of credit for coming in and getting the win, but the hyperbole coming around with this is just out of hand. Russ, you know what? Carter, I agree. I and I am entirely with Russ on what he said about the usage of Carter Hart, how he needs to be deployed. Well, I, 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 if Russ was any writer, he 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 he'd be around on the left because that's how far to the right he is. and be being right. <laughs> like it's it, 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 this. Well, the worst thing down. that could happen saying, is, is there's a false sense of security around this. You, you know and, what I said,
3: Peter? and I would actually
2: where sure this leads. I, I actually said yesterday
3: to somebody in the box. I haven't said it publicly, but I would say it now. I would send him down after the win. I would say, hey, that was great, kid. You got yeah. you got everything rolling the right way. Right. Go down to Lehigh. Let Neuvirth go in. I don't care if he gives up seven or eight goals. Call up Lyon again and go get yourself a goalie. Because if you're playing him against Nashville, who was scouting that game, boy, that's a scary proposition.
0: Well this is this is the thing I thought was amusing. No, I I, I flipped back and forth in, in during the intermissions to check check that game and I saw at the end of the second period where Hart made a couple nice saves. But in the third period he covered the puck and he got an ovation. Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, I I okay, I get. He's 20 years old. He's the future. He's the, the you know the the sa- you know, the hope, the savior for a team that hasn't had a consistent great goaltender in over 30 years." I get it, but that type of reaction—he lets in three goals and they're booing him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, they could turn on him very quickly if he isn't the savior or if he isn't ready. So I agree. You did something. You turned our—you know—you gave us a brief repeat reprieve. You know, Neuwirth's a veteran. Send him down. Bring Nor- Neuvirth back. That makes all the sense in the world because you're asking for the bubble to be burst if you put him in and let him get destroyed by somebody.
3: Yep. All right, so next one, it's from BK Ups. Is Buffalo for real or similar to last year's New Jersey-Vegas under wild wildcard teams? I think Darlene will just get better. Kids a stud for this year, date, I mean, I think they're for real in the sense that mm-hmm. Jeff Skinner is playing the best year of his career. If he keeps that up, they'll make the playoffs because he's outscoring the Carolina Hurricanes practically on his own.
0: What I mean it depends on what his definition of for real is. I mean, if you mean for well, I real, think
3: for that, real is making the playoffs.
0: Yeah, if, they, if 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 you're talking about making the playoffs, I think they're for real. I think they can. Be, I think they will be a wild card. I still think Boston's going to end up in the top three, especially yeah. if they get all their guys back. Um, you know, the the Berglund thing in a way, in a backhanded way, maybe a help for the for the Sabres because now, like, like I said, they can they can go out for a rent, go out and bring in a rental. Um, they have the cap room to do it. But uh, and and they maybe they can sign uh, Skinner before next year, before next July. But I'll tell you right now, and this is the funny thing, Peter uh, Bogosian has actually been able to stay healthy and has actually stabilized their blue line. I just question how long that happens before you see him on the injured list again. I'm just you know, I, I can't I can't help it because every time the guy plays a stretch, he always gets hurt. Yeah. Nope, oh, your volume's down.
2: Your volume. My phone was going on here. Oh, okay. I just turned down. Um, yeah. Um, he he's always hurt. He just can't stay healthy. And God, what more is there to say about the guy? Like, right? I mean, it, 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 it's it, he is like he he's got one more year after this, and then it'll be really interesting to see what happens with um where he ends up in the NHL. Because it well, won't be at five million, five point three five million a year, or whatever I mean, you he's got, making.
0: You, you got to remember that the core of this team is very young, and they had that ten game winning streak, and then they lost five in a row, and then they won a couple, and then last uh, last night, they're playing Florida. They're up two to one going into the third period, and they lose five to two to a Florida team that's not that great. Yeah. So I mean, there's things are slowing down from that ten game. Win. I, can they bounce back? Sure, they have a lot of talent, and I think that they can. Uh, it's going to be incumbent on Carter Hutton to be consistent and provide them with good goaltending, and that's been the backbone of why they've been successful so far. But I, I think they can hang in there in the playoff race. I just don't think they're going to finish in the top three. All right, Tom
3: Dusome wrote: Would it, go to Nashville sense make trade make sense? Could it ever happen? I mean, could it happen? Sure. But it would be like PK Subban and Kevin Fialo. Would, would would they do that? I don't know. But it could happen. Kyle Turris. Yeah, it could be Kyle. No, they have enough. No, they wouldn't do Turris, I don't think.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm thinking from the Nashville side in terms of clearing out. Or not clearing out. But I in know, terms but you of- can't
3: think about the Nashville side because they're getting a, a franchise guy. So
0: yeah. they're going they to give up a couple of really big names. and it would have to, it would have to it would have to hurt from the Na- in terms of Nashville giving up i mean yeah it's they're not going to trade johansson um so if they don't if
3: they say subban's off limits okay so are you going to trade like dante fabro and uh victor arvidson victor Arvidsson. yeah and 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 then and a draft pick or too
0: Probably. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't know. Is, is Tarasenko the missing piece to get Nashville over the hump to win, uh, to come out of the West and win a Stanley cup? I, I don't know. I don't know. All
3: right. So next question. And a this, one, more here.
0: this one's a good one. Um,
3: Come from Gila to Russ, what do you think the flames will do about James Neal? I'd love to see some goals out of him. Well, so the rest of the world, I hated the signing. I think Eck liked that one. I'm not sure. Oh, uh,
0: yes, I think he did.
3: But I didn't like it because I've seen him in decline. He's still in decline. He's 31, but he plays like a 40 year old now. He's just got too much mileage on him. And the he reason not went,
0: a lot of goals. The reason he went to Calgary <laughs> was because Calgary gave him the fifth year. Vegas was only going to give him four. Matter of fact, the talk was, yeah. well, you put him with Goudreau and Monahan, and you'll
3: see the points. Well, you haven't. He's got like seven points. No,
2: but it's but, been in Calgary. I mean, imagine if he did in Calgary's rolling. Right.
3: Yeah. So, all right. So, next question. Uh, Thomas, what are your biggest surprises of the NHL season and what are your biggest disappointments? I mean, I I, I can't go
0: through them all. I would say biggest surprise. Biggest surprise for me is how bad St. Louis is. I thought they were going to be decent.
3: I'm going to say biggest surprise is – how good the Sabres are, like even better than I thought they'd be. I knew they'd be improved, but this is even better than what I thought they'd be. Um, Biggest disappointment, Philadelphia Flyers.
0: Um, Biggest surprise on a positive way, Elias Pettersson being as dominant a player at 19 years old as he is. Yeah. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I mean, Russ and I saw him at the World Junior last year in Buffalo. We said, this is going to be a great player. But there was, you know, but he stayed in the SHL last year, and the question was, will he be durable enough to come over and can he play center in the NHL? And look what he's done in thirty some odd games. Yeah. All right, um, Peter. Do you have any surprises or disappointments? Yeah.
2: Sorry. No, I don't. <laughs> I really <laughs> you don't.
0: Do. Come on, Peter. Biggest in so far. Yeah. The surprise. Yeah. Biggest
2: surprise. Biggest surprise. Biggest surprise is a sarcastic one, like, "Oh, the Oilers are reverting back to the Oilers."
0: <laughs> okay, that's that's not, that's not a surprise i expected that
2: yeah i mean the, the it's well documented on the coach bump and stuff i mean yeah whatever and you know biggest um so just dis- what was it, a disappointment um i think the biggest disappointment is, is probably that vancouver just can't get bad like, they did all the things they could to be bad. Yet here they are doing good things. Yep. And like, you know, that's a team that really, I think when you think about what they now have and what's going on and that people thought they were in the, one of the top contenders for lose for Hughes and it's not happening. I mean, they have the potential, they had the potential of the Hughes brothers and Pedersen and Besser with Horvat. And, and you'd be I pretty set. And Thatcher, Demko, Annette, who I
0: think and is – Thatcher Thatcher, Demko, Net, And, yeah. like – And Olavey on uh, defense, who's out for the year after having knee surgery. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, you know what? The, and the Eastern representative of the mo, this most disappointing not getting into the lose for Hughes is the Rangers because they're actually earning points and staying yeah. relatively close, and they shouldn't be anywhere close to it. Oh. they are
3: picking, you know, like 12th or 15th again. That's yep. that's what they do. Um, All right. Next one – Tom is asking, interested in a Ryan Murray trade to the Maple Leafs? Gardner plus for Murray. I don't think Columbus has
0: any interest in trading Murray. He's too good defensively. Why, why, would, why, why, would, why would Columbus trade for a guy who's going to be a UFA? I mean, Kyle Dubas came out Monday and essentially said, we would like Jake Gardner back at our price, but if we, could, we, we can only divvy, divvy up the pie so much, which means if Jake Gardner wants to make the money that he can make in free agency, he's going to make it somewhere else. If he stays in Toronto, he's probably not making more than $5 million a year, and I don't think he's going to do that. So he's an own rental they're not going to trade them. They're going to keep them, and they're going to let them go. And, I, and they, they didn't—they they didn't learn their lesson from JVR and Bozak. But this year, where they think they're a Stanley Cup contender, and they may be right, it makes more sense to do it than than last year when they weren't a contender and they kept JVR and Bozak for no reason. All
3: right, two more questions because BK Ups thinks Peter wants to leave the show like he's done with it. <laughs> uh,
2: no, I just got—I've got a bunch of messages coming. I got to make a phone call. Business yeah, comes see, in. Yeah, see,
1: BK, Yeah,
3: see, you don't know. All right. Two dope wants to know: Did we talk about Patrick Berglund?
0: Uh, yes, we did at the very beginning of the we show. Did at
3: the beginning, but if you slept through it, he's gone. He's been terminated. He's not going to get paid. Could he still play in the NHL? Sure. I think what will have to happen though is he might have to fire his agent because of everything that went on. Because now, if you're another team that wants to pick up Patrick Berglund, how do you know if this is going to happen again or not? I would first thing I would ask if I was a new agent. And or if I was a team that was interested in Berglund, I would want to know if I'm on that list or not. Because if I'm on the list that he doesn't want to be traded to, I'm not even talking to
0: him. Yeah. All right. I think I think he's a Suez agent, so we'll see.
3: <laughs> um, and then last, last one. one was it was up here, so I got to find it again. BK Ups asks, who will be the biggest buyer at the deadline? Cap space GM willing to spend on the cusp of a cup? Uh, you know, with the biggest, I mean, by biggest buyer, do you mean not making a trade, just getting a guy for draft picks or just biggest trader? I think the biggest trader will end up being Chuck Fletcher because he is going to have all the pressure in the world on him to make things happen. So well, I uh, think he is going to be the biggest trader. Well,
0: I think. well. Oh, get oh, me here. Hold, hold, hold on. Okay. The echo always goes away after I mute it and bring it back. I think. Fletcher will be the biggest, one of the biggest sellers, I think. But he's going to be a buyer too. He's going to do both. How that, 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 I? Mike, he's going to do both. He is know, both. okay. He's going to do both. It's stupid, but okay. Be my guest. Um, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I think, I think the Leafs are going to be one of the biggest buyers. They got six million dollars in cap space. They haven't put Nathan Horton on LTIR. That means they can put up, have almost over ten million in cap space for this year. Um, Dubas said that he's looking for players who have are not rentals, but longer term. So that might make, make it bigger deals. I think they're going to still trade for a rental or maybe two. They got the space, but there are, other, I mean, other teams, I mean, can, I think 10 million, they
3: can buy a Canadian tire franchise and then John Tavares could start doing commercials for them.
0: He's already doing commercial. He's doing commercials for a mattress company where he's sleeping at center ice with the mattress. I love it. Oh God, I love, God. It. They, I they love it. Something he, he couldn't do on Long Island, which is crazy because he was in a New York market. Him, that's and, hilarious. Him and Jonathan I mean, Taves are doing are doing ads for NHL Network that are cr- <laughs> cringe-worthy. Oh yeah, no, oh yeah, are,
3: they're so hard. bad. Not not as horrible as the Sherlock Holmes whatever it is um, uh, trailer that's out there with Will Ferrell. It's just it's brutal. was it Holmes and Watson? It is yeah. brutal.
0: I'm sorry. Like I, I I liked the Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. and uh, and oh, uh, and Jude and Jude Law. Oh, yeah. Th- th- this this thing that they're putting out with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley isn't uh, isn't suitable for the for the end credits. Let alone, uh, uh, it's just terrible. I yeah.
3: do want to say, though, the best commercial ever for a hockey player was Wayne Gretzky did a Canadian McDonald's commercial where he actually wrestled Brett Hit the Hitman Hart. And I interviewed Brett Hit the Hitman Hart, and he, we talked about it. And he said Wayne Gretzky knew nothing about wrestling and certainly was not ready to be thrown around. And so he had to show Gretzky a few things just so he wouldn't get hurt in faking it. Wait a second. You
0: mean he didn't have Dave Semenko there to wrestle for him? Nope. He was all on his own, man. He and the Hitman. Okay, great show, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for Russco. And and by the way, uh stay tuned for Act uh, and check out his blog because there's going to be some sort of special announcement regarding our Patreon subscribers. So keep checking yeah. back at that. Uh, For Peter Tessier, for AK, for Rusco, and I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey.
3: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?